You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily podcast on the Dallas Cowboys, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I'm your host, Marcus Mosier of Pro Football Weekly and the NFL 1000. You can find me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me once again is Landon McCool. You can follow him on Twitter at McCoolBTB. Landon, how are you doing today, sir? Mm. You got me mid-drink. Oh, my gosh. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm doing good. I, 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 I almost drowned on air. But other than that, I'm doing great. I'm ready to talk football now that I <laughs> swallowed this water that was in my mouth. <laughs> uh, you, you'll be ready to go. Um, coming up on today's show, it is our uh, wide receiver preview. Uh, the last couple of shows, we talked about the quarterbacks and the running backs. Uh, this show, we are going to do a deep dive on all of the Cowboys for wide receivers on the roster. Um, but before we get to that, uh, Stephen Jones had an interesting comment today. Uh, he's basically saying that... Uh, he was at the, the golf outing um, and said that you do not need a number one receiver in today's NFL uh, for your offense to work. Uh, his exact quote was, you could do it a lot of different ways. I, I would submit to you that there are less than a dozen true number one receivers in the league in any way, and teams win Super Bowls without them. So my first question to you is, Landon, does this team need a number one wide receiver to emerge in order for them to have success? No, and I think this is, you know, we've discussed this at great length already. I mean, this is this is you know part of been part and parcel of the discussion with Des Bryant, and and I, I you know these comments, if people have been listening to this podcast at least, or you know listening to other informed opinions, th- these comments should not be surprising to anybody. I mean, and and frankly, anyone who watches the NFL as as a whole, and not just you know myopically watching the Cowboys, which, you know, all power to you if you do that. But I'm just saying people that watch the the, the larger NFL see this all the time. I mean, there, there aren't, and I think he actually said a dozen, right? Like, I mean, there's probably a dozen sure, wide, yeah. wide receiver one types that are consistently producing uh, that, you know, that you can build an offense around. I just feel like the NFL at this point, a lot of the best uh, offenses are about efficiency, and um, I think especially for this offense, which is going to be based on you know a, a running attack and is also able to get big plays out of their running back uh, running attack, which is not always the case for uh, many teams. Yeah, I think the the need for a wide receiver one that you have to feed that has to be you know a focal point of your offense is is not required because uh, efficiency is is more important in the passing game for this team. And I think efficiency usually will lean more towards going toward going to the open player as a por- opposed to trying to force uh, to a particular player who you feel like is going to ultimately produce big plays if you get him enough targets. I, I struggle with this because I look around the league and I, I think, I think Steven Jones is right that there's, there's not 32 number one receivers in the league. I would say there's probably less than 10. Um, but the, the best teams in the league typically have one guy that can either consistently beat single coverage or forces double teams. Um, and, and that forces teams to basically 
play out of man coverage. I, I think of New England. Uh, New England does not have your a prototypical number one receiver. Uh, they didn't have one last year when they had Cooks and Edelman was out. Um, but they have a guy that can dictate coverage in Rob Gronkowski. Uh, Alshon Jeffrey, I, I don't really consider a, a true number one receiver, um, but that is a guy that Philadelphia kind of used in that role. Pittsburgh has Antonio Brown. Um, I, I do think you need somebody like that. I, 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 I don't think you can play super efficient offense without having one of those type of players. I, I see. I, the, the difference to me is that I don't believe that those that those two roles have to be one player. And I think that's the thing is that you know we can dictate coverages because they're already being dictated by how you're trying to play to defend the run against Ezekiel Elliott. We can. I, I'm we, guess I'm saying passing coverage. No, no, but right? but, but, but we, I, we know I, so am I. And, and, and I think even in the passing game, you have to you have to adjust your coverage base. If Ezekiel Elliott's on the field, you can't just run whatever coverage you want. I mean, you know, because you have to account for the fact that the Cowboys are going to turn around and hand the ball to Zeke Elliott. So, and I think that it doesn't affect the same way that having a number one wide receiver does. But I think, you know, and, and beyond that, like you can, you know, the, one of the other things that you mentioned was being able to win one on one. I don't think that requires a wide receiver one. Now, maybe dictating double coverage specifically. Now, I think I agree with you that. that Maybe you don't have a guy who you know will command double coverage on every single play, but that doesn't mean that you can't win uh, your your matchups or that you don't aren't getting man to man coverage because of who's behind behind you in the backfield as well. So uh, I think that I think that you're you're not wrong that that things are going to have to change in order uh, uh, in order for them to get the matchups they want. Um, but I also think that you know you can have several different players on this team, and we do still. I think we'll have several different players on this team on the outside uh, and and slot, you know, as well that can win one on one that aren't necessarily wide receiver ones. And I and I think as long as you have players who can win one on you know win versus man coverage, uh, the the. The thing that the wide receiver one to me does above a wide receiver that can just beat man coverage is eat up double teams. So you it really what you're trying to do is find different ways to to uh, take take the gaze of the defense, you know, uh, to move the gaze of the defense. And I think nowadays you can do that with formation and with scheme, uh, and it doesn't require as much that that dominant player that that de- demands that that double team. All right, so let's go ahead and move on to some of the receivers, and let's talk about what we expect from them this year. Um, we'll go ahead and start with Alan Hearns, who I think most people believe is going to fill the X receiver role for the Cowboys this year. Um, I'll go quickly through some of my notes. He's really tough across the middle, has the versatility to play all three positions, uh, knows how to win against uh, zone coverage, can beat press, not a very good athlete, even coming out of Miami. Uh, he was just in the 13th percentile for, for or spark. Um, he's probably got a little bit slower since entering the league due to injuries. Uh, tell us about Alan Hearns and how you think he's going to fit in here in Dallas. Well, I I think he plays. He's he's got a real he's got a big body at the wide receiver spot, um, and I think he plays you know good you know box out sort of positioning when he you know he when he plays like that. I think more than 
even Dez. You know, I, I think Dez as always was always a get the ball and be physical with after the catch, or go up and get the ball. Uh, and and you can't catch him like you can't beat him in that area. But I think one area where Dez was not necessarily uh, as good as he I think he could have been um, is using his body uh, to shield off defenders and allowing him to catch catch passes. That's something that Witten. I mean, obviously Witten's a bigger dude, but Witten was you know basically made a career off of you know having being a good route runner, understanding leverage, and then using his size to his advantage to present a big target in the middle of the field. I, I think when you talk about um, what's what's happening, and this is another thing that kind of feeds into the wide receiver one conversation is you know the the, the move to, towards the RPOs and you know attacking apex defenders and and putting defenders in a position where they they can't uh, you know they can't they can't make a correct decision you know I, I think when you get a a guy like Hearns who you're right he's not the athlete. Um, that uh, Des was at his size. He's not the um, you know the kind of explosive uh, above the rim player that Des was. So you know not not on Des's level. Uh, but what I think we can sure. really re- rely on with with uh, with Hearns is that he's a big bodied guy who's going to catch the ball when you throw it uh, inside his uh, catch radius, and he's going to use the, his body to uh, to shield off defenders and. and and prevent you know something awful from happening, and I think he's going to arrive on time. And I think that's really the key thing is that he's going to get uh, where he needs to be when he needs to be there, and 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 the timing of that. He's not going to vary uh, his hitches, you know, snap to snap. He's going to be where he needs to be when he needs to be there, and that's really important, especially when you're talking about RPOs and, and trying to take advantage of, of you know, subtle movements by defenders in order to gain a moment's leverage uh, to take advantage in the passing game. I will say one thing about Hearns that makes me a little bit nervous is that the biggest reason why Jacksonville released him uh, was due to injuries. He just couldn't stay on the field. Now, he had some bad luck with some uh, unfortunate hits that he took but if Hearns is out or he misses time, this roster doesn't have very many of those prototypical X receivers on it. So that's that's the one thing that does make me nervous. I, I, I like a lot of his game, um, and I'm excited to see him uh, in a better offense. Let's go ahead and move on to Terrence Williams. Um, Terrence Williams signed a four-year extension last year. Um, but really struggled uh, in the second half of the season. I know he dealt with an ankle injury that was pretty severe, um, but the team really needs him to step up. What do you expect from Williams in uh, his third year with Dak Prescott? You know, it's tough. I mean, I think especially with the injury, it's going to set him back a little bit. Uh, it's going to have to ease into training camp a little bit. But, I mean, obviously the good thing is that he has – Plenty of experience with uh, with with Dak, and I, you know, honestly, I don't know that his role for him specifically on the field is going to change all that much. Uh, I think you know the idea is that you know they'll probably you know I don't know how I think he probably is. Uh, uh, I, I I think he probably is not long for the team. You know, like I, I don't know that he's. Uh, I'm gonna get cut this year because of the money, but I don't. I certainly don't know that he's gonna be here next year. Um, so I, I think that there's a good chance that likely 
they'll, they, like I said, they'll probably keep him in a very similar role to Z. They'll try to work everyone else kind of uh, in combination to fill out what the the role is for the X. And then, you know, obviously the other people will ro- rotate in. I, I think, you know, he's likely to see his snaps reduced a little bit just because they're going to want to see some of these other guys. And I also just think that they're probably going to be likely to rotate uh, these guys in and out just a little bit more than they normally would, or at least the, the more than they have in the past. But I also think that he is going to be having a value, invaluable role as a blocker. I mean, he's still a, one of the best blocking wide receivers, you know, definitely on the Absolutely. team, may, maybe in the league. Um, but and and so I think he's you know definitely going to have a, a opportunities to get on the field, uh, you know, because they will be doing so much running. And look, he still has value on this team. And and I'm if they decide that they don't want to let him go and they want to let him see out the contract, depending on what the numbers are, I I don't hate the player. I I just would like to see him used in rotation and just in conjunction with all these other guys. I, I like this. I like the idea of having a collection of wide receivers with varying skill sets and then using them appropriately. And he's just another guy with a different set of skills uh, uh, that you know is right now valuable because we don't have a lot of veteran presences on the field, and he, he at least knows uh, how to face an NFL defense and, and get open. Yeah, so just a couple quick notes. He turns 29 before the season starts, so he's actually a lot older than probably what people assume. Uh, I I do think this is probably going to be his last year in Dallas. I think they're able to get out of that contract next year um, with them having a couple of young receivers they like. It wouldn't shock me if they decide to move on. Um, But with, with, with Williams, I think he was the guy that was drafted to play in a certain scheme and to play with Tony Romo, I, I don't think long-term he is the type of receiver that Dak Prescott and Scott Linehan want. Uh, but I think they're going to try to make do with him this year. Uh, it, it, they just can't turn over that much of the receiver room all in one time. Uh, partly due because they need guys that have the experience and they just can't do it cap-wise. So uh, it's going to be interesting with Williams. I think you hit the nail on the head with him. I expect to see his snaps reduced, but to still be a part of the offense. Uh, let's go ahead and move on to another veteran receiver, Cole Beasley, who after 2016 had a fantastic year, had 75 catches in 2016. Uh, last year, he dropped all the way down to 34 receptions uh, as teams started to kind of sit on some of the shorter routes. Uh, they were daring him to run deep. They He saw more double coverage. He saw a little, uh, more linebackers down in the box kind of keeping an eye on him. Uh, do you think Beasley can get back to that same form that he was in 2016 or is this kind of a declining player who uh, might need to be replaced sooner rather than later? Yeah, I mean, it's it's tough because I feel like part of it was decline, but I also think he got a lot of attention last year because obviously I think teams figured out that, that he was becoming a, a, a source of comfort for Dak. And, and so I think you know the focus on him, especially on third downs, um, definitely – you know, I mean, look, his numbers drop was <laughs> precipitous. I mean, it's pretty intense how far his catches went uh, from the previous season, and I, and it's one of the stats that just looking at raw stats really kind of sticks out. You know, from from 2016 to last year. So, um, I, I think that you know, it's going to be interesting because he, 
I either think he's going to have a very good season or or a, a not very good season. I don't know that he's going to have anything in between. And I, I know that's kind of a cop ground. out. Yeah. No, I just feel, I feel like he's either going to be able to. There's there's either going to be a lot of room for him suddenly and 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 in the middle because of what they're trying to do, you know, scheme wise, uh, or they're or they're, it's not going to work and he's going to take a, a lot of the attention in the passing game which which may or may not open it up for other people on the outside I don't know so I think it's really difficult to kind of you know he's one of the players especially that I mean this whole group it's really just difficult to kind of you know uh, figure out what's going to happen with him but but him especially because you know you did see what he did in 2016 I do think that to a certain degree that them you know feeling comfortable trading Switzer is some sort of vote of confidence that they think that he can do something in the passing game as a slot player, because I don't know that they're necessarily relying on um, Tavon Austin to come in and, and take over, like the be the heir apparent slot receiver. You know what I'm saying? So I, I think that to me that reads like, well, I, let's see if we can't get uh, him to get closer back to where he was uh, uh, in previous years. And again, uh, now that we're starting to see a little bit of changes uh, in the offense, maybe we'll see him uh, with more opportunity in stacks or in trip and trips or, you know, in some just kind of different alignments, which might give him more opportunity to uh, use his skill set, uh, which is, you know, basically quickness, extreme quickness to get open in a whole new variety of ways. All right, so uh, just a couple real quick stats to throw out. Uh, I'm friends with the guys at Next Gen Stats. So here's what I've got on Beasley. In 2016, uh, Beasley averaged 3.8 yards uh, per separation at the catch point uh, in 2016. And 2017, that dropped all the way down to 2.2 yards of separation, so almost a full yard and a half uh, of less separation. Uh, last year, he averaged just 3.5 yards uh, after the catch uh, per reception, the year before that, it was about five and a half. So <sighs> I- I'm nervous that Beasley is a declining player. We typically see these slot receivers. It happens fast for them. Uh, it, it, these the decline, they just don't last very long in the NFL. It's almost like there's so many receptions and hits that they can take. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm going to be real curious to see what Beasley looks like. And I think we'll know quickly. I, to, I think you'll know in camp and preseason how he looks. Go ahead. To, to be clear, like those stats could also be accounted for with, uh, uh, you know, more attention. I mean, the fact that he's, he's no, being absolutely. tackled after the catch is because he's got two guys focused on him instead of one. And the reason his separation is less is because he's got two guys that he can't, he's got to separate from. So uh, you, you're right. And I agree with you that that is very true. And it's hard not to look at those numbers. Uh, but it's, I think it's also one of those things where it's, it was both last year. So it, now it's hard to tell now that we've maybe taken away the, the focus. Uh, now that we've maybe taken away, maybe we've given him more opportunity to not be a focus of double teams. We're going to find out if it really was a physical decline or if it was just a increased attention. Yeah, one more last one. This is from 2014 to 2017. His yards after the catch per reception: 2014, 6.6; 2015, 6.2; 2016, 5.7. 2017 3.5 so that's a pretty steady decrease uh since 2014 so is he declining as a player or are teams just paying him more attention as he becomes a you know a better player in the league 
We'll see. Um, let's go ahead and move on to another free agent signing the Cowboys brought in, uh, Deontay Thompson. Uh, Thompson is easily the fastest pure receiver on the team. He ran a 4-3-1 uh, at the Combine. He's a deep threat. Uh, he really doesn't run any routes underneath. Uh, you can use him on jet sweeps and those type of plays if you want to. But his game is making big plays down the field. Uh, I think the Cowboys signed him with the idea that he could potentially replace uh, Bryce Butler as that deep, uh, you know, the deep play guy, big play fourth receiver type, uh, who also has a little bit of experience on special teams. Uh, give us your take on Deontay Thompson. Yeah, I mean, obviously this is their their deep threat guy, um, and so I, I I think again, you know, with the idea that they're bringing players in who have kind of a variety a variety of skills. Uh, and then mix and matching them. I think Thompson to me is that that Z speed guy. Um, you know, maybe more of a. You know, it's 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 like Williams. You know, was is a more rounded football player, right? Terrence Williams is more rounded football sure. player. It, to me, this is more like, hey, this guy's our speed guy. Like this guy's like a, basically our RZ that is basically we're sending deep. You know, he may not be uh, as as rounded as Terrence Williams, but he's definitely going to be better at. Uh, he's definitely going to be better at getting behind defenses. This is a guy who separates with speed. Like he doesn't need to go up. You know, Bryce Butler gets you know half man on a on a corner and 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 if they're even he's leaving you know sort of situation this guy this guy gets even and gets gone like he's not he's not having to out jump the corner down the field he, he's not having to jump at all he's he's hoping that you're putting the ball with in his hands in stride and i think to me that might be what what Dak is more comfortable with is th- is uh, throwing the deep ball is is throwing the to the open deep ball receiver as opposed to trying to find a spot on the back shoulder deep down the field or trying to uh, find a good spot to throw it up to the receiver to, to go up and catch it. I think what this might be an indication is is that this Thompson is more of a, hey, this guy's got a two-yard separation, just don't underthrow him sort of uh, deep threat. And one more note on Thompson. Uh, Ashley has pretty reliable hands. Typically, for some reason, we think of some of these deep threats as having inconsistent hands. I know we can think of Will Fuller or Martavis Bryant, Deshaun Jackson. Mm-hmm. Uh, Thompson has just three career drops in his career. So that's uh, that's impressive. Uh, I think if you if he's open down the field and he, and he does a pretty good job at tracking the ball, um, I, I think he can be a useful player. Uh, another little bit older receiver turns 20, or he is 29, uh, turns 30 at the end of the year. Uh, probably just a one year rental, but in this He's case, late, that's okay. He was a late bloomer, too, just because I think he was like spent a whole bunch of times just a special teams guy. And it wasn't until like these last two or three seasons that he's gotten opportunities on, on, uh, on any offense. And he kind of broke out with the Bears a little bit. So it'll be interesting to see how, what yeah. he does. Yeah, and uh, Florida, where he went to college, did do any him any favors because no. they had him playing. They had him playing like some cornerback. They had him playing running back. They really just didn't know what to do with him. So, well, I don't know uh, that he was I, the player that he is now. I think he's really has learned. Like, I think he, I think he's learned the position a lot better, and that's why it, he's learning the nuance. He's always had the athletic ability to play the position. He's but he's learning how to play the position because they're giving him more opportunities to play the position. And you kind of see that when he plays too, right? Doesn't he look like a guy who's still kind of yeah. figuring out the position? It's it's interesting. 
Yeah, he, he really doesn't have a lot of experience. He had just 100 career catches at Florida over four years. So uh, a pretty raw player. And I listen, he he's not going to be an every down receiver. 30% of his production last year came just from go routes. But that's what Dallas wants out of him. If he can make yeah. you know a, a one big play every other game, they're going to be happy with him if he does, in fact, make the roster. Um, now I want to talk about a guy that I really, really like in Noah Brown. We saw him a little bit last year. Uh, he was a seventh-round pick out of Ohio State, a really young kid, uh, dealt with some injuries, not overly athletic, but has a massive frame on him at six foot two, two 225 pounds. Um, he even got some work as like a hybrid tight end H-back. They trusted him as a blocker. Uh, he's got a big, strong catch radius. Um, if you're asking me about which receiver on the roster looks like the most prototypical X receiver, uh, it's Noah Brown. Is he ready to fill that role this year? No. But I think you can get him on the field, play him as that Terrence Williams, come down, block the edge, uh, block linebackers in space, have him on special teams, and then use him in the red zone to kind of replace Des Bryant's production there um, and, and get some value out of him. So I love Noah Brown's game. I'm interested to see how you know what kind of growth he has in year two. Um, tell us about a little bit about Noah Brown, what you think about him for the 2018 season. Yeah, I mean, I, I think Noah Brown is a guy that they clearly uh, have some expectations for. I mean, I think that, you know, they – I would not be surprised if they had him in the back of their minds when they were considering what they were going into the draft and, and what they had of their team already because they, they tried to find ways to get him on the field last year and, 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 and he was good at the at the role that he was playing as kind of like you mentioned uh, almost and, and we and we'll talk about this in, in his kind of tie to the tight end position but you know they used him a lot as a sort of a move blocker you know coming is the Dwayne Harris role basically that used to the, the guy yep, when, he, when he used to play back at the Cowboys so um but I agree. And the Vince Maley role they use a little yeah, bit. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Vince Maley as well. Um, I, I agree that I think he, he's got the, the, the requisite size and athleticism that's required for him uh, to, to in order to be able to uh, uh, be able to play that spot, the X spot, and be be a, essentially a, one, a wide receiver one of it. Not, not like we were just talking about, but the X receiver, the first guy off the bench at least. Um, you know, and I don't know that he isn't. He won't be ready. I mean, I guess it, it 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 will be difficult just after one season. But I do think that yeah, his his uh you know just based on where he was last year, it feels more likely that um that uh that his his ascension will be more complete next year. I think I think you know they're gonna try to. I would obviously I would be surprised if he didn't make the roster, and I I would be surprised if he wasn't getting some snaps. Um, but I, 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 and I think that, you know, that would be a stepping stone for him being a starter next year or, you know, potentially trying to grab that spot. Cause I do think he has the, all the potential in the world and he seems like a kid who's hard worker. He's been out here with all these workouts. So uh, his future is bright and I'm, I'm excited to see what they have in store for him just as a role this year. Uh, two more veterans before we get to the two rookies, uh, Lance Lenore and Katie Cannon, uh, round out the rest of the Cowboys roster. Uh, Lenore is a guy that worked really hard last year to make uh, the practice squad actually jumped up on the active roster at the end of the year. Um, uh, nothing flashy about his game. He's six foot 199, works really hard. He's a great blocker. Um, he, he just doesn't have the athleticism to probably cut it in the NFL. Uh, he ran a four, six, seven at his pro day. Um, 
And Katie Cannon, while he's really fast, he lacks the football IQ and the uh, route running to be a NFL type of receiver. I know a lot of people liked him out of Baylor, but he's just so far away from actually making an impact. And he did not test out as a very good athlete either. Uh, despite his four four one forty, he had a four uh, sorry a seven one three cone, uh, very straight lineish athlete. So, any quick thoughts on Lance Snow or Katie Cannon? Not really, just because I think I don't like Katie Cannon at all, and Lance Lenore, unfortunately for him, is just going to be a, a numbers loss. But I, I like Lenore a little bit. I mean, just because he's, he, I feel like he's going to be a guy who sticks in the league for a while because he'll be a hard worker guy. I think he'll be like a Creighton type, where he's just you know he's just he'll find a way to get open and, and eventually, and he'll work his way to be the fourth receiver for five different teams in the next <laughs> five years, Absolutely. probably. He, at the very worst, he'll stick on the Cowboys practice squad this year. Yeah, I know they oh, like yeah, him absolutely. quite a bit, but I don't, think he, I, I don't think he's a guy that you want to rely on at any point in time. So no. uh, let's go ahead and move on to the rookies. We've actually touched a lot on Michael Gallup uh, and Cedric Wilson in previous shows. So let's just talk about how they could fit into this room. How do you see uh, Gallup and potentially Cedric Wilson fitting in uh, with the Cowboys this year? Well, Gallup, I think, is just they're going to find whatever role they can to, to stick him in. I mean, to me, it uh, seems like a smart kid. If he could learn all three roles, then I, I feel like they'll just, you know, kind of put him wherever they can. And, and, and more than likely, he'll you'll see some snaps at, at, at Z, and especially with, uh, uh, with Terrence injured early. Uh, I, I would imagine that he likely will start out at Z. Uh, and then, and he has the speed as, to do that too, because yeah, I, I know that people are a little bit concerned about him because he ran a four five two or something at the or four five one at the combine at his pro day ran an electric time four four five. So that's that's plenty of uh, speed to to play that Z spot in the NFL. Yeah, absolutely. And and I, I think honestly, I think eventually uh, that X may be his best spot, um, just because I feel like, especially in this kind of offense, I feel like. Um, you know, he could put on a couple pounds, and then uh, he could just really, you know, it'd be a different kind of X receiver. But I think it's it'd be more of what uh, they're kind of looking for in their X receiver. And then um, I think for uh, Cedric Wilson, I mean, to me, Wilson looks a lot like uh, a Terrence Williams redux, except you know he can catch with his palms facing outward. So, um, I, yeah, I think that that's likely his to be his role. It's kind of just a similar, you know, he again. He, you know, you look at the numbers. He doesn't have uh, blazing speed, um, but I, I, he's still a deep threat. If you just watch the tape, I mean, he's getting deep a lot, and he's and he's getting he's a big play guy. And I and I think you know if you if you watch Terrence Williams' game, I mean, he's very similar. I think in in the NFL at least, I mean, you see him as a guy who's you know he's not you know necessarily sprinting past people, but he's got good enough speed and match it with good enough size and good enough technique and understanding of how to play the, the position and body position. Um, he, he understands how to get deep and, 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 and how to uh, play, play the ball and how to, you know, that those, those last few steps before the ball arrives, how you interplay with the defensive back is very important. And I feel like he really, really understands how to manipulate it defenders those in that positive way. And I know a lot of people were talking about Cedric Wilson today on Twitter that he might only be Terrence Williams in the NFL. If you get Terrence Williams in the sixth round or wherever the Cowboys got Cedric Wilson, 
That's an absolute hit. I mean, William, Terrence Williams was a hit for a third-round pick. We Terrence just don't Williams like the had a first-round grade for the Cowboys when they drafted him in the third round. I, yeah, I don't. Right. I don't understand that criticism. Only Terrence. Terrence Williams. Uh, we need to stop this. Terrence Williams has done a lot of great things for this football team. Absolutely. I, I understand that people don't like his current contract or whatever, but... And that's it. That's the whole thing. If, if Wilson gives you four years like you got out of Terrence Williams' first four years, you got an absolute steal in the sixth round. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. 100%. Um, good. We agree on something. Hey, yeah. Uh, what do you... Let's go, let, let's go ahead and grade this group. So we have dominant group... Uh, solid group, needs work, and smoking crater. What would you say about this Cowboys wide receiver room? I mean, I think when we came up with these things, needs work is, to me, the the, the definition of this. And I, and I don't know that needs work doesn't necessarily uh, imply that you need to go get more or different people. I, I think it's just we don't know what they are. They don't know what they are. Like, it, it, they need work before we're going to feel comfortable, you know, with this group. And I feel like that's where we are with these guys is that uh, I, I feel like they have a good collection uh, and I feel like they have the talent that they need to uh, potentially get the job done, but I, we have, it has no shape to it. So it's very difficult to kind of feel anywhere near confident about this group. They're just missing a number one receiver. Oh, nah. there's only one sitting out in there in free agency right now. Uh, I, yeah, I would agree. It's, it, not, it's a, so. it, no, Oh, man, you just – Cowboys Twitter just got really mad at you all at one time. They're all shouting as they're listening to this podcast. Uh, I would agree that this is – it needs work, um, but I could see it pretty easily switching either way up to a solid group or a smoking crater by the end of the season. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see how this all plays out. Uh, training camp is going to be fascinating for this group because there's – Man, we got nine names, and I think eight of them have a really good chance to make the 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 fifty three man roster. So it's going to be interesting to see which ones win out, which ones can stay healthy. Um, but overall, a an interesting class. So that's it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. Follow Landon at McCoolBTB. You can follow the show at Locked On Cowboys. And I've, of course, I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. And we will see you next time.